0: here welcome to elevate ministries why don't we find our seats we can get right into it this morning we got a lot to do a lot to talk about and uh, we want to give give room for god to do some stuff this morning amen amen good to see everyone this morning praise the lord praise the lord amen Oh, amen. So this morning, as you're as you're sitting down, just want to kind of go over a few things with you. Uh, you may notice Pastor Carl and Sister Bonnie not with us this morning. Uh, they're actually in Albuquerque, uh, ministering there yesterday. My dad did a a leadership meeting there for the church, and this morning they're together there with the church. And if you've noticed, that's been kind of a theme this year. As we've been spending uh, every quarter, we've been sending teams into Albuquerque just to be a part of that. That's something that we're doing as a church on our own dime, uh, just to invest into that church. And God's doing some tremendous things there, and uh, we want to be a part of that. So, kind of keep Pastor Carl, Sister Bonnie, in your prayer today, and uh, as they're as they're ministering there. Uh, also, um, I just got back from Mexico last week. I was in, in last week. I was ministering in the city of Culiacan, uh, Sonora. Mexico most famous for for the residents of El Chapo all right and uh yeah so uh tremendous tremendous ministries happening there great church uh Joshua and Francia uh, Lupita and Raul's son and daughter-in-law they just started this church about five months ago they've just been working on a building they got a piece of land that basically had like a like a an outdoor patio on it, and they basically constructed a building out of it on Sunday. It was already too small. They had almost 100 people there. Uh, so God's really doing something special right there in Culiacan, beautiful city uh, then then I went I didn't know this I thought the whole event was going to be held in Culiacan, but we got in the car and drove to the coast and the, the, the pastor's retreat was in Mazatlan and so uh, I didn't even know Mazatlan was over there so so uh, I was there in Mazatlan with all of the pastors from our fellowship or a good portion of them uh, we just had a great time of ministry God's doing some good things in our, in our in our fellowship there in Mexico it's something all Always keep in mind, keep in prayer. There are a couple dates I want to throw at you. The, there's a conference happening at one of our locations in, in Monterey. It's going to happen in August. Uh, we've already, we already said we want to take a team uh, to be a part of that conference. The Monterey Church is just a really dynamic church that we have in Mexico. Um, they have a tremendous young um, church, young, talented young people. we have got a great worship team. And so I was approached at, at the at the uh, at the pastor's conference, they said, hey, you know, we want to get your permission to see if we can use the, the EMSC songs that you have written. All, we love that album. We want to translate it, and we want to sing them in Spanish. And I was like, well, that sounds, that sounds fantastic. And, and so I, I showed them where all of we, we have, we literally have, as a resource to worship teams, on our website, we have all of our songs, all of their chord sheets, the tr- backing tracks all of all of that stuff is available uh, for for churches to download so they've already gotten into all of that and gotten that and so i told them i said you guys this is what we should do you guys translate the songs and then in august we'll get our team we'll get luke and and bryn and drew we'll go out there and we'll record your vocalists and in the, in spanish we'll bring it back we've already got the music We've already got all the music ready, and so we can take all of our songs, have and, have it, and we, can, we can release a Spanish album. How cool would that be? So. So that's kind of in the works. Why don't you to pray about that? I think that's I think that's an opportunity for us, and uh, so we're looking forward to maybe possibly doing that uh, in August. But if you want to go to one of our conferences in in Mexico, one in August is in Monterey. Love to take a team there. In July is the one that happens right there in TJ for our our, our flagship church there, the first one that was planted in 1987, Raul Lupita. There are conferences in July, and maybe that's something you'd want to be a part of. I think we should take a whole team down there and have a great time. That'd be a lot of fun. All right. Now, Next week I wanted to kind of highlight a few things next week we are going to be unveiling we're gonna be doing a ribbon-cutting in our brand new eKids Center that's happening that we're working on so we've been working on this facility for about three weeks now and uh, there's a lot been done there's still a lot yet to do but 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 next week it'll all be finished I'm telling you what it is something special it really, really is something special. So after our service, uh, next Sunday, we're all going to go outside. I, I think we've got in the works like an ice cream truck or something like that. Is that, is that true, Johnny? There's something, like, there's something special happening like that where we're going to have an ice cream truck back there because we're also celebrating something else. It's our 37th anniversary as a church. That's going to be happening next week too. So. I, I, Always the Sunday before Memorial Day marks the the, the anniversary of when Pastor Carl and Sister Bonnie began this church. And so we're going to have a little bit of celebration around that. Not to mention, it's Memorial Day. And so we've got a lot to be thankful for. Next Sunday is going to be really special. Why don't you invite someone out. It's going to be a really, really good time. Amen. If you have brought an offering to give to the Lord today, God wants to bless you. Um, There's many ways that you can give here. We believe that giving unlocks unlocks all of the blessings that God has for our lives in a financial uh, standpoint we believe that giving is, and when we're obedient to that, that God, God opens up the windows of heaven and blesses us. And so I know many of you have come today, you've brought an offering to the Lord, you've brought your tithe to bring to the house of the Lord, many ways that you can give. Uh, we have giving boxes at the exits. If you're giving in cash or check, just drop them in those boxes. If you want to give safely and securely online, you can do that by scanning this code or even through our Elevate Ministries app. If you're giving for the very first time, I just want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for that. You're joining a, a whole group of people that we are committed. And uh, we believe that God uses finances to, to forward his kingdom. And, and that's what it's all about. So we're happy to give today. Amen. Uh, we thank you for, for your giving. We're going to release our children to their Sunday school classroom across the street. It's the last time you'll be over there. Actually, actually, one more time next week you'll be over there. And then we're going to open up our brand new center. It's going to be amazing. All right. If you have your Bibles, open them up. Genesis 26. Genesis 26, um, I'm going to minister out of a portion of scripture that when we were in the Bible plan around this this time, at the beginning of the year in Genesis, uh, you're reading through Genesis, and, and uh, one particular Wednesday night, um, I had a conversation with April Campos, and I think Jacqueline was a part of that, maybe a couple others, I'm not really sure, uh, but we we ended up having a little bit of dialogue around this chapter. and honestly i didn't have a whole lot to say about it when, I, when we when, when we were talking about it, I, there were some questions asked, and i really didn 't have a whole lot to say about it and so it, it caused me it kind of initiated a little bit of a deep dive into this particular chapter and um, I remember back then i read i read and, and kind of developed a little bit of commentary on that. I typed it into my notes and just kind of left it there. I intended to write a sermon around it I never did and um, um, but basically i was in I was in uh, Kulia Khan, or in, I was actually in Mazatlan, and I was all by myself, and and uh, all the pastors, they all speak Spanish, none of them speak English, they're all having a fantastic time. I'm in my room looking at the ocean, wishing my wife was present. That's kind of what, what was going on in my, so I spent quite a bit of time, you know, thinking about the future for our church, some, some you know, ministry, and, and and trying to put some stuff together for that, and I found myself kind of back on this text, and um, honestly, um, I, there's some cool things that we can learn from this text. And so the, I'm basically going to put this sermon into two parts. The first part is going to be basically the commentary, um, and I'll try to preach it in message form, uh, what God showed me originally back when we first read it uh, at the beginning of the year. And then I'm going to kind of transition to what I feel like God's speaking to us for, as a church. Does that work for you? Is that work? I, I hope it does. And I've entitled this message Water Fight, and hopefully it'll make sense as we go along there. Genesis chapter 26, beginning with verse... 12 and I just want to kind of take the first part of that scripture it says then Isaac sowed in that land somebody say that land that land now a lot of times you can read scripture especially if you're starting like like we are in verse 12 and it's kind of lacking context because we're not really talking about what land and and, and a lot of times we can read the Bible and, and some of it just kind of comes across ambiguous like it's just kind of that land somewhere out there somewhere there's that land but but this was, this was not the case. This is a particular place that God had called Abraham to, he'd called Isaac to, it was, it was the land of Canaan, it was the promised land, and, and what was happening is Isaac is there and, 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 and there's a famine in that land. So what they're experiencing in that land is a famine. And if you read a little bit earlier, you'll find out that there was a famine and then there was a severe famine. So it was a recession and then a, a, a deep depression. And so it's kind of hard, hard trucking at this moment in time. And, and the Bi- Bible kind of, kind of tells us that Isaac is thinking about getting out of Dodge. He's kind of thinking like, I'm gonna get out of that land. I'm tired of being in, in that land. He's actually considering going down to Egypt. And so he starts packing up his stuff and God's like, Isaac, uh, where are you going? Isaac's like, well, there's a famine in this land and uh, I think it might be easier, and he's like, he's like, hey, Isaac, get back there, Um, um, unpack your stuff, you're going to sow in that land, I called you to that land, that's where I want you to be, and Isaac's like, but there's a famine in that land, and what God wants to teach us is that you're better off with God in a famine than in Egypt without God, are you with me today? All right, what God is trying to get across to Isaac at this moment in time is that my word works, period. Yes. Yes. It, doesn't, it, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter if you're in a time of famine or in a time of crisis, my word still works, my promises, my promises still work, so in a time of famine we can run, run to the Lord. God's word doesn't only work in favorable circumstances. How many would agree with that this morning? I mean, we've seen that happen right here in this church. There's testimonies of how we've seen God provide in the middle of what would seem like uh, crazy circumstances, not not too distant re- uh, history. We, we We knew there was a a little bit of a run on, on properties in Orange County, actually all around the nation, but there was a particular severe run on homes here in Orange County at the same time that many families here in our church were wanting to purchase homes uh, for their families. And, and so what was happening is, is, is we have people in our church looking for houses and, and, and thinking about possibly making an offer before they ever get the chance that someone's coming in and paying cash overpaying tens of thousand dollars cash for that home and it kind of felt like, man, are we ever going to be able to buy a house? There's a shortage of homes. There's a, they're, 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 they're too expensive and And what we saw here at our church is there was like six, seven families right in the teeth of that market where everyone's saying you can't buy a house and there's a shortage of homes. All of a sudden, we're seeing six, seven families. Not only are they buying homes, they're buying them way under market value. They're getting the exact thing that they're looking for. Why? Because God makes a distinction for his people. I thought you'd really get excited at that moment, you know, like, like, like a welcome home excitement, you know, like, we missed you Pastor Adam, we're gonna shout amen. God makes a distinction for his people. All right, so while the world is saying all of this, it, we don't listen to what the world says. We, we just enjoy the promises. We, we look at what God's word says and we live according to his promises. God doesn't just bless people when gas prices are low. Like, like god, god doesn 't need god doesn 't need the nation to be doing well financially in order to bless his people he 's not he 's not only able to provide when inflation is not part of the equation that 's not how god 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 works God can bless people in a famine you know i 've been reading I, I try to stay up on a lot of the, the the articles and different things being written about the church I try to stay current with what's happening in the church world what's happening with pastors and different things that are happening and what you're reading right now is there's so many people that are struggling there's so many people struggling financially and the effect they're they're, they're predicting the effect that that will have eventually on the church because people aren't, aren't gonna if they're not if they're struggling financially obviously it would fair to be fair to reason that they wouldn't be able to give quite as much and 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 many people are predicting that the church will suffer for lack of finances and they're and they're telling us to to get ready and get prepared and I think there's 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 it's important to, to be wise and thankfully that's something that our church tries to take into consideration we're not we're not just you know woo that's not how we we operate as a church but but we also don't listen to what what the world says I, I don't believe that, that, that that's that's what we should do. People think, well, man, you know, as a church, you, wouldn't you, you know, understand that with the gas prices being high and inflation and we can't find formula and all of these things happening, maybe we should go easy on people and, you know, maybe not ask them to give quite as much in this climate because, you know, it, obviously it's harder for people to give. Actually, I think we should double down. Like, I actually think we should talk more about giving. We teach about giving especially in a famine. Alright, because God can bless you in a famine. He told Isaac, I want you to sow in that ground. That ground was parched. That ground was in the middle of a famine, and what God was basically saying to Isaac, Isaac, if you sow in that ground, I'm gonna bless you in that ground. When you sow a tithe, and even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, when you sow a tithe, God doesn't say, I'm gonna bless the ground. God." God cursed the ground because of sin. So God doesn't use the ground. He doesn't use the world's equation to equate blessing in our lives. God says, when you sow your tithe, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. Why? Because the earth can't touch what God has. The IRX can't, can't tax what God has. Are you, are you with me today? All right? God says, I'm not going to use the earth to bless you. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven, and I'm going to pour out so much blessing, you have not enough room to contain it. Can I hear somebody say, welcome home, Adam? That's what I was hoping for. A little, bit, a little bit exciting, all right. God's not worried about our, our economy on earth. He doesn't even factor that into the equation, all right? God's only concerned about one thing. He's concerned about your heart. He's concerned about your heart. And God honors those who honor him. Honors so, so, so Isaac, the Bible says, he sows in that land. And basically what he's saying is, is God, it doesn't look like much is gonna happen with this. The ground is parched, there's cracks in the soil, and, 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 but I'm gonna do what you said, I'm gonna be obedient to you, I'm gonna sow in that land. And what you'll find is that obedience opens doors. Obedience is actually the hinges that open the doors of heaven. The treasuries of heaven are unlocked with our obedience. Do you believe that today? And you see this right here in our text in verse 12. The Bible says, then Isaac sowed in that land, and look what happens, he reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. I mean, some of us, we would've been happy with just a hundredfold, right? I mean, he he sowed in that land and reaped a hundredfold. If there was a period right there, all of us would've been fine with that. Come on, how many say amen to that? We've been fine, but the Bible says he reaps a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. I believe God's into prospering his people. I believe God's into blessing his people. Do you believe that? Look at verse 13 if you don't. Some of you are like, I don't believe that. I don't believe, I believe, I don't believe. I'm anti-prosperity all the way. Verse 13 is for you. The Bible says the man began to prosper and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. All right, that's for all the anti-prosperity people right there. God put that in the Bible just for you. He was like, Gabriel, I, I, I just need a, 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 I need a couple of adjectives to describe prosper. And, and Gabriel's like, God, well, I, I can only come up with a, with a couple. Uh, how about prospering and very prosperous? And God's like, sounds great. Put it in the Bible. And that's why it's there, it's there for all of us because God wants to bless his people. Come on, God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants, to, he wants to pour out blessing. When you're obedient to God and you do what his word says, the promises of God are, are true for your life, and you can expect them to happen in your life. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, it, look, look, what it, look what it says, very ne, the very next thing it says. In verse 14, it says, he had, For Isaac had possessions of flocks, he had possessions of herds, and a great number of servants, And the result of that is what I want you to look at. So the Philistines envied him. Somebody say envied. So Isaac was blessed and the enemy was upset. So God blesses Isaac and now he's got a fight on his hands because the enemy's mad. Let me tell you what happens when God blesses you. The enemy attacks. The enemy's never happy when God blesses you. One of the Hebrew translations for the word blessed is envied. And so so when you are blessed by God, let me tell you what the enemy is going to be. He's going to be upset. He's going to be envious of the blessing. God wants to bless you, but the price tag on his blessing is you will be envied. Mark 10, Jesus kind of talks about it. He says this. He said, there's no one who's left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother, or wife, children, lands. I mean, we, we, we use this scripture when we, when, we, when we count the cost and we give up everything. There's no one that's left all of those things for my sake and the gospels that, won't, that shall not receive a hundredfold, now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. But notice what it says next. It says you're gonna reap a hundredfold, but guess what's gonna come with it? Persecutions. And the reason there's going to be persecutions that are going to come with your blessing is because you will be envied. Are you with me today? You're going to be, you will be envied. God wants to bless you, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean it's going to happen without a fight. There's going to be a fight for the blessing. Hello, anyone here? There's gonna be a fight for the blessing. You can see this all the way back from the beginning of time. The first murder that happened in the Bible was Cain murdered his brother Abel, and it happened out of envy. Well, Abel brought an offering to the Lord. He, he brought a, 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 a spotless lamb and sacrificed it to the Lord. And God was pleased with Abel. And the blessing of God was upon Abel. What did Cain do? Well, Cain brought, he brought the fruit from the ground, what he had kind of put together with his own hands. He brought fruits and veggies. And he brings them to God. And he was very proud of his offering. But the Bible says that, that God rejected Cain's offering. God said, no, that's, I, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, you did a good job, but honestly, I, 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 it's not good enough. Nothing you can do, Cain, is going to get you right standing with God. Sacrifice is required. And so God blesses Abel, but, but he, 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 he rejects Cain, and Cain's envious of Abel. And God comes, to, God comes to Cain and says, Cain, don't you know that if you just do what's right, that, that, won't you also receive the blessing? I mean, if you'll just do what's right, won't, won't, won't everything just kind of be okay? I mean, why are you so tweaked by, by your brother and his, and, and what? If, if you'll just do what's right, if you'll just listen to my word, if you'll just apply the word of God, won't you also receive the blessing? You see, one of the spirits that we're gonna have to contend with in our lifetime is the spirit of Cain. And some of you are like, Well, Cain's dead, like, yeah, well, so is Jezebel, but I keep running into her all the time. I mean, these are are spirits that we are gonna have to contend with as Christians. That we're, that we're going to have to come up against. And so we know the end of the story. Cain lures Abel out into the field and has him murdered. Why? Because the spirit of this world always will rage and fight against the spirit of God. The spirit of this world, they just want all the, they want all the benefit but don't want the sacrifice. But the type of blessing that God wants to place on your life is not just for you. It's for you to bless others. You are blessed to be a blessing. It's the, it's the blessing of Abraham that God wants to put on your life. It's not just for you to keep it to yourself. It's not for you just to get all as much as you possibly can. That's not the reason God blesses you. He blesses you so that you can be a blessing. That's what the world can't stand. They don't get it. It doesn't make sense to them because they don't want to do the blessing. They just want all the benefit. It's like Jesus, when he's talking, he's he's describing what a Christian should look like. And so he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. I think all of us know the story of the Good Samaritan. And all of us, we we, we recognize, man, what an amazing guy the Good Samaritan was. But many of you are too broke to be the Christian that that Jesus described. Because what did the Good Samaritan do? This guy was blessed. He he finds this guy on the ground. He bandages him up. He takes him to a hotel. He provides three months' worth of his own wages. He says, if this isn't enough, I'll come back and I'll pay whatever else uh, is on the tab. Just put it on my tab and I'll pay for it when I return. I mean, he was blessed. How many of you could throw down three months' worth of salary just, to, just so someone could get, pay someone's doctor's bills and, and make sure that they had a place to stay? How many of you could afford to do that? Well, that means God still has some more blessing to do because that's what he wants to enable you to do. That's the kind of blessing he wants to pour out into your life. Somebody shout amen. We're blessed to be a blessing. So Isaac is experiencing the blessing of God, and the Philistines are envious. They're ticked. They're they're, they're not happy about it. And so what they want to do is they want to stop the flow, because they know if they can stop the flow, the blessing can't survive. If they can just stop the flow of water, The blessing can't survive, verse 15. So the Bible says the Philistine stopped up all of the wells which Abraham or or Isaac's father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they filled them with the earth. And so what that tells us is that there was a time when the blessing of God was so obvious that that Abraham, he's got all of his servants and his flocks and and, and all of his crops, they're digging wells and God's just providing water everywhere they go. And so you can almost almost picture it that there's there's this blessing, and so Abraham he's growing, his his wealth is growing, his prosperity, God's blessing is upon his life. The Philistines are ticked about it; they're like, this isn't fair, this is this isn't right. And so they come and they plug up the wells. They they drop a bunch of dirt inside of these wells because they know that the blessing of God it 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 it, 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 it needs the water to survive. It needs to flow. They know that the blessing of God will die if it can't be watered. And so they're attempting to stop the flow. It's it's warfare is what's happening in our text. This is an all out war and it's a war for water rights and that's why I've titled this sermon a water fight. Because in these nomadic times, the times we read about in scripture, people would build their life around water. They would find a place where there was water, whether it would be wells or springs or, 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 or rivers. They would, they would build their life, their, their, all of their, 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 their livelihood would be built around water because without, without water their crops can't survive and without water their livestock can't survive and without water they recognize they're the next to die. That's what's going on, so the thinking is, if I can feed my flocks, and, and if, I can, if I can water my crops, then I can survive, and so it's always been about water. And so the enemy attacks, and he attacks the flow. And It's gonna be the same way in, in your life. When, when the enemy attacked Abraham, and, and attacked his offspring, it didn't, it, it, he didn't come and steal the cattle. He didn't come and and, and try try to eat up the crops, no. He just went after the water. They tried to stop the flow, and it's the same thing the enemy wants to do with you. It's the same thing the enemy wants to do with your family. It's the same thing the enemy wants to do with our church. He just wants to stop the flow. He can't do anything about the blessing that's already transpired. There's not much he can do about the blessing that we've already experienced, so what the devil decides is, well, if I can just stop the flow, I can kill off the blessing the blessing will run out. And so that's what Satan is attempting to do. He's trying to shut off the flow of blessing in your life. He wants to shut off the flow of blessing in this church. He wants to shut off the flow of anointing of our church, of influence in this church. And we saw this, it's, Satan is pretty blatant in what he does. We saw this even, even in the 2020 lockdowns where, where we have leadership in our land say the church is not essential, we can't gather, we can't worship, we can't show up. What was that? That was an attempt. To stop the flow. All right? I mean, it's just an easy way to see it. It's just a blatant attempt by the enemy to try to plug off the move of God. Does anybody see that or recognize it? It's obvious, right? And so this is what's exactly what's happening in our text. In verse 18, um, Amblick said to Isaac, go away from us. You, you've got too, you got too much stuff and, and, and we can't all live here. And so Isaac's trying to find a land for his people to survive. So verse 17 He moves on a little bit and he pitches his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And look what Isaac does. The Bible says in verse 18 that Isaac begins to dig again the wells of water which his father had dug and the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names that his father had called them. And so what that kind of of shows us is that not only did the Philistines stop the flow, but they also change the names. So the enemy's not just satisfied with stopping the flow, what he wants to do is he wants to change the history. He wants to rewrite the history, he wants to change the names. And so you can picture when Abraham dug those wells originally and water sprouted, I mean it was such a blessing They finally had water. They're recognizing this is our source of life. This is the flow that's going to sustain us. And so you can imagine the excitement around finding water. And so every time Abraham would dig a well and they would find water, it would be like, God, we're naming this well blessing. We're naming this well provision. We're naming this well God is great. We're naming this well God is good. You know what I mean? Rub-a-dub, that's what they're doing just right down the line. They're naming these wells based after all the things that God's doing for them. But the Philistines said, nah, and they, they, they covered up those wells and, wells and they changed their names. Worse yet, they tried to hide them like they never existed. Are, are you with me today? That's exactly what's happening in our world today, especially right here in the United States of America. Satan isn't taking this blatant attack to, to, to no longer teach how this nation was established in the first place. I mean, all you gotta do is talk to the teachers that are in this congregation and they'll tell you that what's being removed from being taught to our, our children is how this nation was founded in the first place. That we were Bible-believing, freedom-loving people. And so what's happened is, 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 is no longer is, are those principles and no longer are those values being being taught in our, in our, in our public schools. The founding, the, the values of our founding fathers are being eliminated much like the wells that Abraham dug. But but George Washington said this. He said, a religious and virtuous people is essential to any thriving uh, republic or democracy. John Adams says the Constitution is made holy for a religious people. Abraham Lincoln says the book that undergirds all of society and its health is the Bible. This is the values of how this nation was established. But you're not getting that anymore. That's being silenced. The spirit of this age does not want the next generation to know that. Are you with me? They don't want them to know that. They, they, want, to, they want to rewrite the history. Why is that? The reason they want to rewrite history is because they know whoever, whoever holds history also holds your identity. So when I was talking to, many of you know that we support Destiny Rescue. Uh, it's one of our missions that we support. Destiny Rescue seeks to eradicate human trafficking. And I've got a report to share with you at the first Sunday of next month about what transpired with Destiny Rescue in the first quarter of this year. It's, it's literally astounding. But, 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 but Corey was talking to me about human trafficking and specifically about human traffickers. And, and what he said was that the first thing that a human trafficker attempts to do is to take the identification away from the person that they're trafficking. And so the trafficker wants to take their passport, he wants to take their driver's license, whatever form of identification that the person has, they wanna take it because they know that if they can control their history, they can control their destiny. Do you see that today? That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. That's what, that's what a person that, that seeks to enslave you wants to do. The enemies come in trying to rewrite our history. And so Isaac says to the Philistines, he says, you're not going to rewrite the history of this land. This is my dad's land. I, I, I was a part of this. I saw the blessing of God on his life. I know Abraham. I know his blessing. I know where these wells are. I I know they were wells of blessing and and wells of increase. There was wells that said the Lord is good and that the Lord is great, and he shall supply all of my needs according. These are wells that my father dug, and I know they're here, and you don't get to rewrite the history in this land. I know the Father. I know the one who provided the flow in the first place, and I'm going You're trying to change that? Guess what? I'm putting it back to the way he named it in the first place. You can't take what the the enemy can't steal what God has put inside of you, what God has given you. Somebody say amen. And so what our assignment is, is to push back the lies of the enemy. That's something we've been saying around here quite a bit. Is that the church is the pillar of truth for society. That's who we are. That's why we exist in this hour, and we've got to push back against the lies of the enemy that would try to destroy and eradicate our history. Verse nineteen. So Isaac's servants dug in the valley, and they found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, "Hey, this water's ours." So he called the name of the well Essek because they quarreled with him. Now, essek means, it literally means quarrel and contention. And so Isaac's found a well, he's found a flow, all right? He should be excited about that, but it's been a hard fight. It's, it's been a water fight, and so he actually names the well, there's a flow there, but it's been a fight to get it, and so he names it quarrel, he names it contention, verse 21. Then they d- dug another well, and they quarreled over that one too. And so he calls its name Sitna. Sitna actually means hostility and accusation. And so now they've dug two wells. Wells wells. They've dug two wells. They found a flow. I mean they found the source. They found they found the source of blessing, But, but up to this point, it's been a fight. Like literally all they've experienced, according to how he's naming them, literally all they've experienced is accusations and hostility, and they're experiencing contention, and there's quarreling. And I mean, I mean, here's Isaac, and, and some of you can identify with what Isaac's going through. Here he is, he's just trying to obey God. If you remember, the beginning of this text started out with, so Isaac sowed in that land. That land was in a famine. And so Isaac is literally climbing uphill from the very beginning. He's just, doing every, he's just trying to be obedient to something he doesn't necessarily think is going to work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like inside, he, he's, he's, just, he's just fighting. And so everything he's attempting for God, it seems like it's a battle. It's just, it's just a fight. It's, it's like he's getting hit from all sides. Even when he has a victory, it comes with Quarreling—it comes with strife. It comes with hostility, and I'm sure many of you have have felt this before, where where all you're trying to do is just be obedient to what God says. All, all you're trying to do is God told you to sow in that land, and so there you are. You're, you're, you're just trying to sow in what you think is impossible soil. It's just it's just Lord, I I don't know about this marriage. I don't know if it'll ever ever work out. Lord, I'm just serving on this job, but I don't know if you'll ever be able to bless me here. All of us have gone through times and season like that where we're just trying to be obedient to what God says. But it seems like no matter what we do, it's just met with contention. It's just met with a fight. And so here's Isaac. He's getting hit on all sides. But what I love is that he doesn't get discouraged. I'm sure tried to get a hold of him because that's what the enemy does. He, he just tries to, to discourage us and, and get into our heads, but, but he, doesn't, he doesn't give up. He, he doesn't quit. He Instead, he keeps going. He, he keeps pushing. There was something inside of him that said, you know what, if God told me to sow in this land, I'm gonna sow in this land. He doesn't quit on his marriage because he's tried for two weeks and nothing's changed. All right? He doesn't quit on his dream because he tried once and it didn't work out. He, he doesn't quit on his ministry because someone hurt his feelings. Like that's not what's going on. He didn't quit giving because his finances were tight. That's, that doesn't describe Isaac. He's going even, even though he's fighting. I mean, it's not easy, but he's fighting. That's a word for somebody here today. That's a word for somebody in this room today. It just seems like no matter what you do, it seems like you're met with some kind of a fight. You're met with some kind of some drama. There's some kind of hostility. It doesn't matter how hard you try. Your best efforts seem to always end you up in some sort of a fight. There's hostility. There's accusations. There's quarreling. There, there's strife. Isaac knows what you're dealing with. He can understand what you're going through. He's been there. He sowed in the middle of a famine. He's dug two wells. He found the flow, even though it was through hardship and pain and suffering, and even though it wasn't easy, it's always been a water fight. But, but he's continued. As an example to us, he remained obedient. He just kept going. He kept doing what God said. He kept sowing in that land. And sometimes, that's a word for us today, sometimes you just got to push through. Hello, are you with me today? Saddest thing that we've seen over the course of the last couple of years is so many people have given up. So many people, I mean, from every walk of life, people have given up on their marriage, they've given up from all the, all the, all the uh, um, progress they made in fighting addiction, they gave up on, 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 their, on their battle against pornography, gave up on jobs, gave up on dreams. So many pastors have given up on the church, have closed its doors. It's been the saddest thing, and the reason is is because they got tired of fighting. They grew weary in the battle, but but the Bible says that if we fight, we'll win. Yes. Yes. Come on. That's right. If we'll fight, we'll win. Listen, it's obvious to me that in these last days that we're all in, what we've got on our hands is a fight. Like it's 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 not easy. Are you here today? I mean, do you understand? I mean, do you feel that what I'm talking about today? It's it, it's not easy because what we're up against is an enemy where his number one plan and goal is to stop the flow. All he wants to do is he wants to stop the flow because he knows that every blessing is tied to the flow that you have from God. And so if he can stop that flow that's coming from God, listen, if he can, if he can attack God's people and he can attack God's church, listen, he, if he can stop the flow, then the blessing is soon to follow. So what we have to understand is that our battle is not against people. We're not, we're not fighting even against sin. We're not fighting sinners. I think sometimes we get it all twisted. We think that somehow this fight is, is against, you know, and... and, and politicians, people in power, people in authority, all these people. These, listen, our fight is not against sin. It's, it's against evil. Let me give you some basic theology. Can I give you some basic theology? Sin came in the world through Adam, all right? It's because of Adam that we have a sin nature. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus came to save sinners. Aren't you grateful? Paul said, I'm the chief sinner. He said all have sinned, all have fallen short, but Jesus came to save sinners of which I am, all right? The, but the world, the world has something else other than sin in it, it's called evil and wickedness. Evil and wickedness did not come from Adam. All right, evil and wickedness, didn't. sin came from Adam. Sin makes us susceptible to evil and wickedness. Jesus pointed out the evil one on many occasions, and what he was doing is trying to help us locate where evil and wickedness come from in the earth. Evil and wickedness goes way beyond sin. It goes beyond our understanding. Like, we don't even understand it. It's crazy. How could an 18-year-old in Buffalo, New York, strap a camera onto his head, take, take, take a weapon into a grocery store and live stream m- merciless murder in the street? How could somebody do that? I mean, do you sit there and watch that and think, oh my God, how is that even possible? For someone my daughter's age to pull up, that's evil. That's not sin, all right? That's evil. That, that, that is wickedness. That's what we're up against right now. Are you with me today? we're up we're up against that it didn't just start right in the last couple of years this has been going on from the beginning of time look back at the Holocaust and all the different all the different experiments that they did on children and all the atrocities done to the Jewish people I mean that's just pure evil it's not sin that 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 is that is evil and it's satanic and it came it came when when Jesus kicked The evil one out of heaven along with a third of the angels who are all full of wickedness themselves and they're here on earth and we're contending with that there are evil forces that seek to position themselves in seats of power and stop the flow of blessing from God into our lives our job on earth is to represent the kingdom of God and pull down the wicked we're meant to resist evil I'm, it's going to be a fight, people. We're meant to resist evil so righteousness can flourish. So look what happens. They they dig a third well. And the Bible says in verse twenty-two that he moved from there. He dug another well, and they didn't quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, which means broad place. It means expansive. And he said, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we will be fruitful in this land. We will be fruitful in this land. You know, God brought me back to this text recently, and I had given up on putting a sermon together for it, and I think God brought me back to it this past week, not necessarily for me to study it further and maybe find some other hidden truths, and I know there's a ton of them in there, but I think God brought me back here, because just like Isaac dug three wells, I also believe that God's called us to dig wells. That our church, our job, is to make sure there's a flow in this house. That's our job as the church. We we went, we've been called thirty-seven years ago. God brought Pastor Carl and Sister Bonnie into this this city, and when they established this church, God put on his heart. He said, Pastor. He told he told my dad that you're going to be you're going to win the lost, you're going to build disciples, and you're going to release people to their destiny. That was the that was what God put on the heart of, of Pastor Carl, and so this church elevate ministries. I mean, whenever you came in praise chapel, PCOC, whatever, whatever you, whatever, you, whatever area you came in, nothing just because the name changed, the, the, the mandate didn't. That the, the, what God put on this house, what God placed in our lives and what God put into our heart for this church, the mission of our church is to win the lost, make disciples and release people to find their destiny in Christ. That's, that's the wells God's called us to dig, and, 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 and that flow has to remain in this church. It's got to remain in our midst. That's got to be the, the emphasis of what we do. And if we look at this text, what we see is there's an attack on the flow because the blessing comes from the flow. The blessing is sustained from the flow. And so that tells me that what we want to see happen in this church, what our heart is, the dream that we have to see happen in our ministry and in our lives for God, they're all connected to the flow that God's called us to, which is to win the lost, make disciples, and release people to find their destiny. And I felt like the Spirit was speaking to me and saying to our church, you dug three wells. That's what you did. And because you dug those wells, i blessed you. I've prospered this church. I've allowed you to do many things. I've allowed you to plant churches all over the place. I've allowed you to, go, to, to experience missions all over. The, the fruitfulness of this ministry is without question what God's allowed us to be a part of. But the enemy is envious of what we've been able to do the enemy is envious of what, of, 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 the, of what God's allowed us to experience and be a part of. And because he's envious, there's going to be a fight. And it's going to be a water fight. It's a fight to stop the flow. And so his attempt is, is to try to block the flow, try to plug up those wells, just try to get rid of one of them. Like de-emphasize one of the things God's called us to. He, he attempts to kind of change the history and use past disappointments and discouragements which our church has experienced. Use those things to kind of change the history, like we, we don't want to feel that again. We don't want to hurt like that again. And it's like God saying, Adam, I've called this church to these three wells. You gotta redig some of those wells. And so I want to challenge this, is a challenge, this is a challenge to all of us. I think we can take it on personally, but I think it's also something we take on corporately, that God's called us, this ministry, the reason God placed you here is to combine your efforts with others to keep this flow happening. We've been called to win the lost. We all play a part in that. Is anybody here today, or did you guys, you guys already check out? We, we've been called to be a part of that. That means God's position, the reason you're here is because there's people that He wants to save. In your school, in your job place, in your neighborhood, in your family, the reason God brought you here is because there's people He wants to save because there's a flow of winning the loss in this house. Somebody shout amen. That's the truth. The reason you're here is because God, there's a flow of discipleship in this place where God wants you to be a disciple. He wants you to learn from someone else and pattern your life after someone else in following Jesus. You see, we're all on the goal of following Jesus, but but the way we follow Jesus sometimes looks like following someone else, following the Jesus inside of someone else. And some of us in this room, you know, we kind of just sat back and said, "You know what? I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm just gonna kind of show up the church and just, you know, just, you know, I'll be there on Sundays and I'll, I'll listen to the sermon and sing some songs. I, I, I like, I like everything here. But listen, God's invited you not just to show up the church. He's invited you into a flow. This church has a flow of discipleships where you can place your life under the wing of someone else, and you can learn how to be a husband, and you can learn how to be a father, and and you can learn how to be a witness, and you can learn how to be an evangelist you can learn how to share your faith and you can learn how to study the Bible and you can learn how to pray and you can you can go to you can go to Richard's Bible study on on Friday night and you can learn how to lead worship in the in the foyer of the church this is this this is a discipleship church there's a flow of discipleship in here some of you you're in a place where you say you know what I need to put my life under I need to be discipled there's also some of you in this room that God's God's given you so much wisdom and so much experience and he's 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 allowed you to you've learned the joys of following Jesus and now your life is blessed and God's called you to disciple someone else and devote your time and give of your energy and give of your uh, 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 of your resource and your experience and lend yourself to someone else and call another up to your level oh but that's scary and you know, I tried that once before and I got stabbed in the back. I tried that once before and it didn't work out. I got disappointed. Well, welcome to the party. Th- this is a water fight. That's what this is all about. It's not gonna be easy. God never promised us that. But oh, it's rewarding. The blessing of God is so rewarding. There's a flow of discipleship in this house that we've gotta tap into. We've gotta, we've gotta unplug that in our lives. There's also a, f- a flow. It's a flow of release. Because God's placed in every one of our hearts in this room he's put something in your heart to do we say like this around around this church a lot we say you can you can serve where you're needed we need everyone to serve all right I'm just gonna gonna say it right now we need Sunday school teachers like radical sold-out Willing to, willing to go the extra mile to see a young person totally transformed. We're looking for, we, we need people that say, I want to invest in a young person. We need people. You can serve where you're needed and you can serve where you're gifted because we believe that inside of every heart that God's placed something unique. Like this isn't a cookie cutter church where we just do the same thing year after year. That's not how this, we don't roll like that here. Because we believe that God's always changing. He's always up to something different. He's always doing something new. And the next great thing that we do as a church just might be in your heart. But we'll never know it unless you let it out. Unless you release it. And I want to tell you something. You're a part of a church that has has a flow that says, you know what? If God put it in your heart, we want to back it up. And we don't just say that. We do that like that's something that we've done year after year after year and it's not just because just for people that have been around a long time or just people that have really proven themselves no you I'm talking about you if you have an idea listen God's put something in your heart yeah that idea may to be need to be adjusted a little bit I mean but let me tell you something If you just begin to begin to work that out and get that out of your heart before long I'm gonna tell you something the church the full backing of this church gets behind the people of God because we believe God's put it in your heart to accomplish his purpose That's what God's word says. It's in your heart to do what He's called us to do. It's a flow, it's a release. And that's looked so different. That's look that's I remember at first when we first started this church, that just looked like you know, somebody becoming an usher. And then and then it was and then it was looked like someone becoming a Bible study leader and eventually maybe showing up and being a pastor or something, or maybe going on a missions trip. That's that's kind of was it. Like that's that was the box. But but since then it's been it's 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 gone so crazy so many different things that God says God's put on people's hearts and we've just said, come on, you can do it. We're here. You you are important in God's plan. What God's put on your heart. We want to be a part of let's go, let's do it. Let's do it for God. And we've got to protect that flow. And satan wants to block that up he wants to steal creativity he wants to steal the, the the greatness that's in this place by blocking up that flow and guess what get a shovel man let's dig that let's dig that well back up let the flow begin to happen the anointing begin to happen because this church was founded on a flow i was reminded of a and i'm going to close with this i, I went long in the first service. i'm going to go long again i um i, I was reminded of a, of a vision april had we talking to april about coming on staff and and uh, she she you know I, I, we didn't even really say it you know we were just kind of like saying you know what would you like to do you know sometime with your life and and uh finally we just said what about working here you know just kind of threw that out there and and she didn't answer right away that's not how Luis and april roll they think about things they pray about things and so they, that that happened and a few weeks later i was like so uh you know april's like oh, i gotta talk to you so we went out to dinner and, and, and April begins to describe this dream and she says, you know, I saw our church and, and there was just all kinds of trees and bushes and plants and f- vines and, and they were all growing and they were intertwining, they were, they were, they were, they were and it was just crazy, the fruitfulness and all of this stuff. And I know I'm kind of dancing all over your dream, but that's basically the premise. And she was seeing how our church and all the people are so connected and, and God wants to do great things. Connection happens because of a flow. Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel has a vision, the Bible says that that God brought him to the back door of the temple and there was water. It was a flow of water from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, in front of the temple, face the east, and the water was flowing. Verse seven, and when I returned there, along the bank of the river, were many trees on one side and the other, and he said to me, "This water flows from from the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing, every living thing that moves, wherever the river, wherever that flow is, they will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish. Come on, how many know that fish are like people? We're fishing. We're fishers of men. Come on, it'll be a great multitude of fish because these waters." go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever that flow goes for verse 12 and along the bank of the river April it says this on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food their leaves will not wither their fruit will not fail they will bear fruit in every month in every season because why there's a flow come on there's a flow from the sanctuary and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine It's a flow, it all happens because of a flow and everything that we want to see, the vision that we have for this church, it's all, it's all back to a flow, it's all back to digging those wells. Revelations 22, the last chapter in our Bible, the, the the end, the conclusion, it says, it says that from the throne of God, there's, there's a flow. In the middle of its street, and on either side of the river, there's a tree and, and and who bore 12 fruits. Each tree yielding fruit in every month. The leaves of its tree were for healing of the nations. Guys, there's a flow that God has established in this church. A flow, It's a flow of, of, of reaching the lost, winning the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ, making disciples, and helping people get out what's in their heart. You see, the church is as not the church is not a location thank God for this building thank God for this location we're in but let me let me let me tell you today the church is not located to a building the church doesn't need a location because we are the church and everywhere we go come on that flow goes with us the church is not an organization aren't you grateful the church isn't an organization the church is not an organization we love to be organized we, we want our staff to be organized. We want our events to be organized. We want our conferences and our serving and all our services and all of our planning. We want our programs, all that stuff. We want it to be organized, but we don't ever reduce the church to an organization because we are a living organism. We are the body of Christ. It's, it's the place where God initiates a flow into the earth. It's a flow of life. It's a flow of healing, it's a flow of deliverance, it's a flow of miracles, is anybody here today? It's a flow of salvation, come on, it's a flow and it initiates right here in the house of God. And I wanna say today, we are in a water fight. Because if Satan is trying to stop the flow, we aren't going to let him do it. We aren't going to let him do it. Come on. Anybody here will, willing to take up that fight in this room? Come on. All of this place and say, you know what? I'm willing to take that fight. I'll get into a water fight with the devil. I'll fight for what God has given us. He's given us a flow. Come on. How many would believe God for people to get saved? And we can see the lost one with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Say, you know what? I'm willing to fight for that. Come on. that you? Say, I'm willing to fight that god i'll fight for the souls of men lord i'll stand and fight lord god lord i'll continue to dig and and strain and push and pull god to see many come to know you come on to fight for discipleship we say you know what lord i'll fight lord to put someone at my side i'll fight to teach someone how to know you god
1: i'll fight for discipleship god i'll fight to release lord what you called me to do in jesus name come on I many believe Do you believe he can do anything? Oh, Come on. No.
0: Thank you jesus lord we stop today to thank you come on would you thank god for the blessing come on thank the lord for the blessing what he's done in your life so much so many of us have so much to be grateful for come on let me see those that were addicted that are free finally free let me see your hands come on all over this room come on you were addicted you're finally free come on thank the lord for that thank you lord for that come on let me see the hands of those whose marriages were broken beyond repair but God brought it back together by the power of God let me steal the hands right now all over this room come on right there and right there and right there come on God can do anything all the way in the back right there come on come on let me see those who who prayed for a loved one to see them finally free and return back come on let me see the hands that god saved saved your loved ones and brought them come on all over this room god can do anything god can do anything how many god's given you given you way beyond what you ever possibly could imagine but let me tell you something with the blessing comes a fight i could i could testify for i could stand up here all day and talk about all of the things the lord i've seen the lord do right out of this church I could talk about all of the amazing things I'm talking amazing mind-boggling things that he's done in this church and let me tell you Satan's not happy about that and he will fight against that and what he wants to do is he wants to erase the history and stop the flow he wants to erase the history and stop the flow but come on Isaac said no 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 I know what my father I know I, I know what my father has done I, I know my father had he, un, he un, uh, unloaded on some blessing. He experienced blessing in this land. And I, I want to tell you something. Many of us, we've seen it with our own eyes. We're not going to allow the devil to lie to us and try to strip it away from us and say it was emotion. It never happened. Come on. You been hurt. It wasn't worth it. We're not going to allow the devil to do that. We're not going to allow him to fill up the flow with a bunch of garbage from this world. We've experienced the blessing of God. We're not going back. We're not going back. We're willing to fight for it. We're willing to fight for it. How many will to fight in Jesus' name, Lord, we fight for souls. God, we fight for souls. Lord God, use us in this hour, in this time, Lord, and wherever we go, the people we come in contact with, You placed us there for a reason. And Lord, it's sometimes it seems like such a fight, God. It seems like such a hard thing to do. But Lord, I know You'll use us, Lord, if we'll just stand up, God. But we'll just if we'll just enter into that flow that You placed this church and this body in of winning the loss, Lord. We we believe we'll see many return home. We'll see we'll. See many return to you in Jesus name in Jesus name we thank you for the well the flow of discipleship Lord that you birthed in this house Lord men that learned from other men women that learned from other women Lord have gone on to do great things Lord that have discipled others this never ending multiplication process Lord that we're a part of God we'll fight for it it's something that we're willing to fight for in Jesus name Lord we'll fight for what's in our heart God Lord that we'll release it into this world God in Jesus name it's a flow God of creativity Lord it's a flow God of of purpose and destiny Lord what you put in our heart we want to get it out we want to get it out we want to release it into this world and see you do amazing things with it in Jesus name it's a water fight and we're willing to fight God in Jesus name for that flow come on we want the flow God of your spirit God to be in this room God to be in our midst to be in our lives and everything that we do in
1: Jesus name we pray and we believe you today Amen Amen